Section 10 of The San Francisco Calamity by Earthquake and Fire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The San Francisco Calamity by Earthquake and Fire. Edited by Charles Morris. Chapter 10 All America and Canada to the Rescue. During the first three days after the terrible news had been flashed over the world, the relief fund from the nation had leaped beyond the $5 million mark. New York took the lead in the most generous giving that the world has ever seen. From every town and country village, the people hastened to the town halls, the newspaper offices, and wherever help was to be found most quickly to add their savings and to sacrifice all but necessities for their stricken fellow-countrymen. Never has there been such a practical illustration of brotherly love. A perfect shower of gold and food was poured out to the sufferers to give them immediate assistance and to help them to a new start in life. All relief records were broken within two days of the disaster, but still the purses of the rich and poor alike continued to add to the huge contributions. Though the relief records were broken, every succeeding dispatch from the West told too plainly the terrible fact that all records of necessity were also broken. Over the entire globe, Americans, wherever they were, hastened to cable or telegraph their bankers to add their share to the great work, a large fund was at once started in London, and with contributions from $2,000 to $12,000, the sum was soon raised to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Individual contributions of $100,000 were common. In addition to John D. Rockefeller's gift of this sum, his company, the Standard Oil, gave another $100,000. The Steel Corporation and Andrew Carnegie each gave $100,000. From London, William Waldorf Astor cabled his American representative, Charles A. Peabody, to place $100,000 at once at the disposal of Mayor Schmitz of San Francisco, which was done. The Dominion Government of Canada made a special appropriation of $100,000, and the Canadian Bank of Commerce at Toronto gave $10,000, and two of the great steamship companies owned in Germany sent $25,000 each. Right-of-way for food trains. On nearly a dozen roads, two days before the fire was over, great trains of freight cars loaded with foodstuffs were hastening at express speed to San Francisco. They had the right-of-way on every line. E. H. Harriman, in addition to giving $200,000 for the Union Pacific, Southern Pacific, and other Harriman roads, issued orders that all relief trains bound for the desolated city should have precedence over all other business of the roads. Advices from many points indicated that at least 150 freight cars loaded with the necessaries so eagerly awaited in San Francisco were speeding there as fast as steam could drive them. In addition, several steamers from other Pacific Coast points, all food-laden, were rushing toward the stricken city. The rapidity with which the various relief funds in every city grew was almost magical. 
from corporations firms labor unions religious societies individuals rich and poor money flowed even the children in the schools gave their pennies every grade of society every branch of trade and commerce seemed inspired by a spirit of emulation in giving the united states government at once voted a contribution of one million dollars and government supplies were rushed from every post in the west the one million dollar government gift which formed the nucleus of the relief fund was doubled on saturday by a resolution appropriating another and a vote was taken on monday to increase this sum to one million five hundred thousand dollars making a total government contribution of two million five hundred thousand dollars this was largely expended in supplies of absolute necessaries furnished from the stores of the war department and those first sent being five carloads of army medical supplies from st louis a cargo of evaporated cream was also sent to use in the care of little children while the red cross society shipped a carload of eggs from chicago dr edward devine special red cross agent in san francisco was appointed to distribute these supplies cargoes of supplies trainloads of other supplies were dispatched in all haste from various points in the west and east carrying provisions of all kinds tents cots clothing bedding and a great variety of other articles a special train of twenty-six cars was dispatched from portland oregon on thursday night conveying ten doctors twenty trained nurses and eight hundred thousand pounds of provisions chicago sent meat minneapolis sent flour and in fact every part of the country moved in the greatest haste for the relief of the stricken city there was urgent need of haste on friday while the flames were still making their way onward general funston telegraphed famine seems inevitable the people of the country took a more hopeful view of it and by saturday night the spectre of famine was definitely driven from the field and food for all the fugitives was within reach the sympathy of the people awakes on all sides the people were awake and doing in all the great cities agencies to receive contributions were opened and many of the newspapers undertook the task of collecting and forwarding supplies the smaller towns were equally alert in furnishing their quota to the good work and from countryside and village contributions were forwarded until the fund accumulated to an unprecedented amount collections were made in factories in stores in offices in the public schools cash boxes or globes stood in all frequented places and were rapidly filled with banknotes theatrical and musical entertainments were given for the benefit of the earthquake sufferers never had there been such an awakening as an instance of the spirit displayed one man came running into a banking-house and threw a thousand-dollar bill on the counter for san francisco he said as he turned toward the door what name asked the teller put it down to cash he answered as he vanished rapidly the fund accumulated a few days brought it up to the five million dollar mark then it grew to ten million dollars within ten days time the relief fund was estimated at eighteen million dollars 
and the good work was still going on in less profusion it is true but still the spirit was alive foreign offers of aid the general impulse was not confined to the united states from all countries came offers of aid canada was promptly in the field and the chief nations of europe were quick to follow while japan made a generous offer and in far australia funds were started at the various cities for the sufferers no doubt a large sum from foreign lands would have been available had not president roosevelt declined to accept contributions from abroad as not needed in view of america's abundant response to the hamburg line which offered twenty five thousand dollars the following letter was sent the president deeply appreciates your message of sympathy and desires me to thank you heartily for the kind offer of outside aid although declining the president earnestly wishes you to understand how much he appreciates your cordial and generous sympathy all other offerings from abroad were in the same thankful spirit declined even those from our immediate neighbors canada and mexico some feeling was aroused by this especially in the relief committee at san francisco which felt that the need of that city was so great and urgent that no offer of relief should have been declined in response the president explained that he only spoke for the government in his official capacity and that san francisco was in no sense debarred from accepting any contributions made directly to it it may justly be said for the people of this country that their spontaneous generosity in the presence of a great calamity either at home or abroad is always magnificent it never waits for solicitation it does not delay even until the necessity is demonstrated but it assumes that where there is great destruction of property and homes are swept away there must be distress which calls for immediate relief there is one ray of light in the gloom caused by the calamity at san francisco a truly splendid display of brotherly love and sympathy has been shown by the people of this country and a similar display was ready to be shown by the people of the civilized world had it been felt that the occasion demanded it and that the exigency surpassed the power of our people to meet it enterprise in san francisco in the face of an appalling and death-dealing disaster rendering an entire community dependent for the bare necessities of life and putting it in imminent danger of greater horrors the nation has been stirred as it has rarely been before and there have been awakened those deeper feelings of brotherhood which are referred to in the oft-quoted passage that one touch of nature makes the whole world akin the nature indicated in this instance is human nature in its highest manifestation the sympathetic sentiment that stirs deeply in all our hearts and needs but the occasion to make itself warmly manifested there is something incomparably splendid in the spectacle of an entire nation strending every nerve to send succor to the helpless and the suffering and this spectacle has warmed the hearts of our people to the uttermost and inspired them to make the most strenuous efforts to drive away the gaunt wolf of famine from the ruined homes of our far pacific brethren 
it may be said that san francisco will be willing to accept this relief only so long as stern necessity demands it at this writing only two weeks have passed since the dread calamity and already active steps are being taken to provide for themselves as an example of their enterprise it may be said that their newspapers hardly suspended at all the evening post alone suspending publication for a time for being unable to acquire a plant in the vicinity of the city when the conflagration made it apparent that all plants would be destroyed the bulletin put at work a force in its composing rooms a handbill was set and some hundreds of copies run off on the proof press giving the salient features of the day's news the morning papers the call chronicle and examiner retired to oakland on the other side of the bay and there on thursday morning issued a joint paper from the office of the oakland tribune on friday morning they split forces again the examiner retaining use of the tribune plant and the call and chronicle issuing from the office of the oakland herald two days later the call secured the service of the oakland inquirer plant meantime on friday the bulletin after a suspension of one day made arrangements for the use in the afternoon of the oakland herald equipment and from these sources and under such circumstances the san francisco papers have been issuing offices were hurriedly opened on fillmore street which today is the main thoroughfare of san francisco and from these headquarters the news of the day as it is gathered is transmitted by means of automobiles and ferry service to the oakland shore there were also accepted such advertisements as had been offered the number of these was perhaps the best visual sign of the resurrection of the new city it was noted that in a fourteen-page paper printed within two weeks after the fire by the examiner there were over nine pages of advertisements and in a sixteen-page paper published by the chronicle at least fifty per cent of its space was devoted to the same end many of the larger factories left on harm were also quick to start work at the union iron works twenty three hundred men were promptly employed and the management expected within a fortnight to have the full complement of its force nearly four thousand men engaged no damage was done to the three new warships being built at these works for the government the cruisers california and milwaukee and the battleship south dakota the steamer city of puebla which was sunk in the bay has been raised and is being repaired workmen are also engaged fixing the steamship columbia which was turned on her side the hulls of the new hawaiian american steamship company's liners were pitched about four feet to the south but were uninjured and only need to be replaced in position as for the working people at large those without funds for their own support abundant employment will quickly be provided for them in the necessary work of clearing away the debris thus opening the way to a resumption of business and reducing the number requiring relief the ukase has already been issued that all able-bodied men needing aid must go to work or leave the city this dictum of chief of police dinans will be strictly enforced the relief work and distribution of food and clothing are attracting a certain element to the city which does not desire to labor while some already here prefer to live on the generosity of others chief dinan 
has determined that those who apply for relief and refuse work when it is offered them shall leave the city or be arrested for vagrancy the police judges have suggested establishing a chain gang and putting all vagrants and petty offenders at work cleaning up the ruins perhaps never in the history of the city has there been so little crime in san francisco with the saloons closed chinatown the barbary coast and other haunts of criminals wiped out and soldiers and marines on almost every block in the residence districts there have been few crimes of any kind it is the opinion of the police that most of the criminal element has left the city the saloons in all probability will remain closed for two months more the problem of the chinese in conclusion of this chapter it is advisable to refer to the situation of one of the elements of san francisco's population the people of chinatown one of the problems facing the relief committees on both sides of the bay is the sheltering of the chinese many of them are destitute it has long been a question in san francisco what should be done with chinatown and moving the chinese in the direction of colma has been agitated now they are without homes and without prospects of procuring any they can get no land the limits of oakland's chinatown have already been extended and the strictest police regulations are in force to prevent further enlargement on this side of the bay they are camping in open lots unless the government undertakes their relief they are in grave danger those who have money cannot purchase property as no one will sell to them few however even of the wealthiest merchants in chinatown saved anything of value for their wealth was invested in the oriental village which had sprung up in the heart of the area burned yet it is the desire of the municipality not to harass this portion of its foreign population and the vexatious problem of placing the new chinatown will probably be settled to the satisfaction of the chinese colony this colony diverts an important part of the trade of san francisco to that city and if its members are dealt with unjustly there is danger of losing this trade the question is one that must be left for the future to decide but no doubt care will be taken that a new chinatown with the unsavory conditions of the old shall not arise end of chapter ten recording by kathleen nelson austin texas may two thousand and ten